We've been talking about the spirit of excellence for the past three weeks. We've been uh, focusing on the fact that God has already given us the spirit of excellence. Excellence is inside of you. By virtue of the fact that the spirit of God is in you, you have the spirit of excellence. And so what we need to do is we, we need to, first of all, discover, which I hope by now you know, that the spirit of excellence is inside of you. So it's not enough just to discover that excellence is already inside of you. Last week, we took some time to challenge one another to grow in excellence. So it's one thing to know that the spirit of excellence is in you, but it's another to grow in excellence. And so we said, um, as you grow in the things of the Lord, as you grow in spirit, you also grow in the spirit of excellence. And so uh, this morning, I want to just take a different angle as we look at the, the excellent ways of God. I'm going to talk, talk to you about the ways of God, but I want to focus more on the more excellent ways of God. Uh, our theme this year is that they, there is a more excellent way, and that's why we're talking about excellence. There is a more excellent way. So uh, the way I see it in life, you have an option. You can do things your way, or you can do things God's way. Uh, maybe even a third option, you can do things the way of the world. Those are options that are available to us. It's up to you. But Paul, in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 31, he encourages us to desire the best spiritual gifts, and he says that you will show us the more excellent way. Show us the more excellent way. So there is a revelation that needs to come of the excellent ways of God. Even though we know that in, in this particular context, he is speaking mainly uh, about the love of God, the, the way of love, because the way of love is the most excellent way. But I believe that we can apply this scripture to, uh, in a broader sense, to the ways of God, the excellent ways of God. So the, the, the choice is yours. Are you going to live your way, the way of the world, or God's way. I'll talk about those three in a moment. Paul says in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 9, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 9, he says, we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to him or to God. As an apostle, he says, my goal is not to please men, but to be found well-pleasing to God. We make it our aim to be well-pleasing to God. So excellence is doing whatever you can or the best of your, do things to the best of your ability to please God, to be well-pleasing to God. We say excellence is doing whatever you do as unto the Lord and not unto men, unto the Lord. So the, the one you want to please is not Justin. The one you want to please is not your boss. The one you want to please is God himself. And so pleasing God becomes a little bit tricky because God does not just look at what you do on the outside. He also looks at what's going on inside your heart while you are doing it. Do you know that you can do something and everybody can be well pleased on the outside because you were excellent on the outside. But God also looks at the attitude of the heart. And he wants to see that inside your heart, the same way that you applied yourself on the outside, you also applied yourself inside your own heart. Excellence is more than just 
a skill. It's a spirit. It is the attitude by which we do things. And so we want to talk about the, the excellent ways of God today. And, and I really want to challenge you because Paul says we want to ple- we'll be well pleasing to God because verse 10 says, for we must all appear before him, uh, before the judgment seat of Christ. So he's saying one day there's going to be one, only one ultimate judge. It's not going to be Justin. It's not going to be your friends. It's not going to be your wife. It's going to be God. And he says we shall one day all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and everyone will receive according to what they have done. So the one who knows your heart will say, oh, I saw you were in church, but your heart was not in church. Your heart. Excellence is, an, is a spirit. It's how we do things and why we do things the way we do them. So the three ways, the way I see it is that In life, there's these three ways, you can call them three lanes if you want, that you can walk. You can walk in your your lane, which is your way. Your way, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 14, that there is a way that seems right to a man, but at the end, it leads to destruction. It's a way. There is a way. And many times... Uh, we, we want to walk in, in our own ways because, hey, let's face it, the Bible says it seems right. Your way seems right. And, and many times when, when somebody is, has made up their mind, I, I've, I've done counseling for a while and I've counseled people, when people come to you and their minds are made up, there isn't much you can do. They're like, I'm going to do it my way. I'm just, I'm just for, for the sake of just saying I went through the process of counseling and listening to other people, they're going to sit there and you're going to speak, but you can hear in everything they say, you can see in their attitude that you're wasting your time, I've made up my mind, I'm going to do things my way, because my way seems right. And that's the challenge. It seems right. It looks right. But at the end, it leads to death or destruction. And unless you allow some people to come and show you a more excellent way, you can do things your way and at the end end up in a mess. It's a way. The second way, which uh, is according to uh, Romans chapter number 12, is the way of the world. The Bible says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Romans 12, verse 1. Do not be conformed to the patterns. I think it's 1 and 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, they are patterns, they are ways, they are systems of this world that we easily conform to. And, and, and here's the challenge. Unless you, re- you recognize that there is another way, you are always going to be looking at your way, the way of the world. Or everybody is doing it. The fact that everybody is doing it does not mean that it is right. That's the way of the world. The way of the world is, oh, well, if, if it worked for so-and-so, it must work for me. No, it, it, it's not true for you in the kingdom because if you do things according to the way of the world... You're, you're missing the more excellent way, which is the way of God. So the Bible says as Christians, do not conform. And some of us are conforming to the systems of this world. 
We are conforming to the patterns, the ways of this world. Well, the world does it this way, so I'm also going to do it. You know, the world says you can, it's okay to live with your girlfriend or your boyfriend before you get married, so I'm, just, I'm also going to do it. It's a way of the world. And it might seem like it's working in the world. Like, oh, you know, we can share the, uh, you know, you speak to young people these days, like, oh, no, we, we, we share the bills. It, it's working. It really is working. It makes sense that if I stay with this person, if I live together with him, we, we go 50-50. It's, it's working. But at the end, it leads to destruction. And so Paul is saying, don't conform to the patterns of this world. Don't conform to the ways of this world. So when we speak about excellence, we're not talking about excellence the way of the world. The world has its own standard of excellence. But the excellence we are looking for is excellence in God's kingdom, excellence God's way, which brings me to the third way, which is the way of God. Now, let me talk a little bit about the way of God. The Bible says in Isaiah, Isaiah 55 verse 8, Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as high as the heavens, uh, so, sorry, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My ways are not your ways. The Lord is making it clear. That when, when, when you want to do things God's way, you need to understand that God is not trying to do things your way. He's not trying to do things the way of the world. So the ways of God are going to be opposed to the ways of this world. The ways of God are going to be opposed to your ways because they are on a higher level. He sees things that you don't see. He knows things that you do not know. And so when, when you submit to the ways of God, you are saying my mind might not understand it I might not even fully comprehend. It might not even make sense to me. But I know that his ways are better. I know that his ways are the more excellent ways. You know, you tell somebody, if you've been living with somebody for five years and you've been going 50-50 on the bills, and, and, and I come and I say, hey, that's, that's not God's way. You need to part ways, which means you need to take responsibility 100% of your own bills. It, it's not going to make sense to you. Like for five years it was working. What's wrong with it? And God says, my ways are higher. They are higher than your ways. So as we press into this subject of excellence and the spirit of excellence, doing things God's way, I want to challenge you this morning to renounce your ways. That's where I'm going. You have to come to a place where you acknowledge that my way is not working. That if even though it looks good, it feels good, it seems right. But you need to acknowledge that deep down, this is taking me nowhere. The problem is the church wants to come and gather and hear these lovely teachings. But when we walk out, like, nah, my way is better. We don't say it like that, but you, you've made up your mind. I'm not, I'm, not going, I'm not going to do it that way. Have you ever heard somebody say, you know, God's, God's word says but. 
Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I know I'm preaching truth. Because many people will come to you and like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, Pastor Jack, I know that the word of God says, but. Like, um, we, we've got a problem. Right now, you're on a mission to prove that your way is better than God's way. Rather come and say, you know what, Pastor Justin, God's way is high. I'm struggling. But I, I really want to live according to that way. But when you start justifying your way, we can't help you. You know, I would love to give, but I know God's word says I must, but like, uh, say I'm struggling. I'm working on it. But don't justify your way. So God's ways are higher than our ways. He's working on a different wavelength. Now watch this. If you, if, if you would imagine with me just for a moment these three ways that I've spoken about. In, in, in Matthew chapter number 7 and verse 13, the Bible says, Enter by the narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the way. Wide is the gate and broad is the way. Matthew 7, 13. That leads to destruction. And there are many that go by it. Did I not put it up? Okay. Trust me, I'm reading from the Bible. <laughs> it says, there are many that go by this way. The broad way. The ways of God are narrow. And the way, the way I see it is, there is the way of God in the middle. There is your way either far right or far left. And there's a way of the world on the other side. And I like what Tony Fitzgerald always says. He says, the way of the Lord is a narrow path and there's a ditch on both sides. It could be your way, but it's a ditch. It could be the way of the world, it's a ditch. So you want to try not to fall into the ways of the world. You want to try not to fall into your own ways. You want to stay on the narrow path. You want to keep walking in the ways of the Lord. And the Bible says very few are trying to walk on the narrow path. The thing, this is, this is what saddens me. Last week I was talking about moral excellence and we're going to do this as a series. The, the thing is, the church has, has lost all form of moral excellence. Because very few people are trying to stay on the narrow path. It's narrow. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have to constantly check yourself. Am I, am I in the world? Am I now carnal in the flesh? Or am I still walking the, the path? It's a difficult path. And so guess what we have done? We have just broadened the way. As long as you believe in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how you live. Just broaden the way. And Jesus said, no, that, that, that path is narrow. My ways are a narrow path. It's not for everybody. It's for those that really want to find it. So when we speak about finding the more excellent ways or walking in the more excellent ways of God, I want to make it clear that you are not going to find many people wanting to walk the more excellent ways. It might get lonely, but I promise you Jesus will be right there with you. It, it, you, you might feel like, how come no one else in our church is doing this? 
You know, I was saying to some young people, and I was just convict, trying to challenge them to have deeper personal convictions. I said, there are some things that it's okay for other people to do, but when you're called in the ministry and you're called to serve the Lord, there are some things you must tell yourself, I'm not going to do. To me, they become sin because I need to walk the narrow path. There are some things that your friends will do, and it will be okay. But for you, it will start bothering you. How come, how come those guys gossip all night and they don't, they don't see anything wrong with that? Suddenly, the excellent ways are, are you're being challenged to, to walk the more excellent way. When the spirit of excellence grips your heart, you'll be having a conversation and, you, and, and people are now gossiping and slandering and suddenly you're like, excuse me, I just need to go home now. People will call you names Oh, you think you are holier than us? But it is the more excellent way. All right, I want to talk about this more excellent way because in, in Exodus chapter number 33, verse 12, there's a revelation that comes to, to Moses. And I want to show you this revelation. In Exodus 33, verse 12, Moses says to the Lord, See, you, have say, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. So Moses is, is clear about what God is saying. Hey, I know you by name, Moses. You have found grace. Then this is the most important question that Moses asks God. He says, now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in your sight, if I live by grace, if, this is before Jesus in the New Testament, but this revelation was so powerful, it changed, changed Moses' life. If I have found grace, I should not lower the standard. Uh, can I preach to you? Grace doesn't lower the standard. Grace doesn't lower the bar. We, we kind of have it mixed when we think that because of his grace, we can lower the standard. Grace is not lowering the standard. In fact, grace is lifting the standard. It says, if I have found grace, I don't just want to live like the rest of the world. I want to know your ways. Grace gives you access to the ways of God. Grace enables you to walk the more excellent way. Jesus says, you have heard it being said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, grace enables you to walk the more excellent way. The law said to you, if you commit adultery, that's sin. He says, grace enables you not even to look at a married man or woman lustfully. That's what grace does. Grace does not lower the standard. It enables you to walk a higher path. So he says, if I have found grace, it's not enough to say I'm saved by grace. 
It's not enough. He says, if I have found grace, God, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider this nation, and, and consider that this nation is your people. Verse 14 says, and God answered and said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Here's what the Lord said to me. When you discover the ways of God, you find rest. When you discover the ways of God, you find rest. If you don't know the ways of God, you won't enter into his rest. You'll be trying hard when you're doing things your way. Your way has got no rest. Your way leads to panic when things are not going according to your ways. Come on, can I preach to you? How many times have you kind of panicked because you planned things your way and they're not going according to your way and you're panicking and God is saying, if only you were walking according to my way, you'll be at rest and at peace instead of being panicky. Your way has got no rest. You, you, you want to get married your way? Like, you know, it's okay for me to live with, with, my, with my boyfriend, girlfriend before I, got, before I get married and then we're going to get married. I tell you, you're building your marriage your way. But I promise you that marriage ain't going to find rest. I'm not a prophet. But I tell you, your marriage has got no rest because you're doing things your way. Your marriage has got no rest because you're doing things the way of the world. It takes time to know the ways of God. It takes time to know the ways of anybody. You see, let me, let me show you how God answered this. Because there are two levels of knowing God. You can know God through his works or you can know God through his ways. And when God answered, the Bible says in, in Psalm 103 and verse 7. Listen to this. The Bible says, He made known his ways to Moses and his acts or his works to the children of Israel. Then he goes on to say, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Moses was saying, It's not enough for me just to know your works. Moses had been used by God. He understood the works of God. He had seen God part the Red Sea. He had seen God perform miracles. He saw God do all sorts of things. But he says, all that is not enough. You see, there are some people that come to church and they build their theology on the works of God. As long as God is doing something, I'm happy. But Moses says it's not enough to know the works of God. You need to know the ways of God. Why does God do what he does? The why behind the action. If you know the ways of God, here's, here's the thing that the Lord said to me. I've always wondered, sometimes God, God just amazes me. You find people coming in and they come in for, for counseling and they're like way older than me. And I'm like, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say to these people. And God often reminds me this thing. It's not about human wisdom. It's not about experience. It's about my ways. If you know the ways of God, you can counsel anybody. If you don't know the ways of God, you are a dangerous counselor. You, you, you might help them your way. You might help them the way of the world. That's why I will not quickly encourage people to just go to unsaved people 
for counseling. I did, and, and this, is, this, is, this is true. I was counseling a couple. They're not in this church, just in case your mind starts wandering. I was counseling a, a couple for like two years, really two years, in and out. And, and we were working hard on things and we were making progress. When they came to me, they wanted to divorce. And, and then they didn't want to divorce anymore. They were working on their marriage because I was talking the ways of God. And then because things were getting better, the husband agreed to the wife going to see a personal counselor, psychologist, somebody. And so what was happening now is they would come to me and I could tell by her attitude. It was like, uh, Dr. So-and-so said, and I told the husband, we've got a problem. The husband didn't believe me. Now they are divorced. I kid you not. True story. I said, we've got a problem. Because before I was showing, the, I was giving you the ways of God and you're like, okay, let's work according to the ways of God. Divorce was not an option. But now you went to somebody else that says, well, you're free to do whatever you want to do. And they started counseling this woman in the ways of the world. And she felt empowered to make a decision and she left her husband. This is why I say, who counsels you? Who's got your ear? If that person does not know the ways of God, run away from them. Not even the works. Because some people build their theology on the works of God. You know, God has done this in my life, so it must, it must be, you must do the same thing in your life. Who said? God is sovereign. He doesn't, he's not governed by acts. He can do one thing today and do a total different thing tomorrow. But if your theology is around the works of God, well, I did this and it's working. Do you know that uh, 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 David walked for uh, almost, some scholars say, 10 to 15 years he walked with the Lord in disobedience to the ways of the Lord, but it seemed to be working until Nathan came to him and said, hey, bro, what's happening? This is not of God. So you can, you, can, you can see God move and things, the works of the Lord are happening around you and you think you are in the will of God. And you're not because the works are not his ways. You need to understand the ways of God. And when you know the ways of God, a good example is the man that was healed. You know, the blind man that was healed, Jesus heals this blind man, and he goes to the temple, and the, uh, the, the religious leaders say to him, hey, who healed you? Like, I don't know. That was his response. I don't know. I think this, this guy's name is Jesus. And he said, oh, how did he heal you? He says, I don't know. All I know is that I was blind, but now I see. You see, when you know the works of God, all you can do is testify. You won't be able to explain them. You won't be able to teach. People wanted to know, how did this happen? He had no clue. So Jesus had to come back to him. The Bible says he came back to him and explained these things to him and revealed to him that he was the Messiah. So now he knew the ways of God. After that moment, if you met the blind man, you would say, hey, I met a man named Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the one that came to take away our sins. And because he is of his goodness, I can now see. You can only explain when you know the ways of God. So when I counsel people, I'm not looking for human wisdom. I'm not even comparing them to the world. I'm just saying, what does God's word say? And I will just hold on to the principle of the word of God. It might not sound right, but I know that it will work. 
That's the ways of God. All right, as I, as I draw this to a, to a close, I want to challenge you. Let's go to Hebrews chapter number 3. I know it's a different message because I want, I want to bring us to this place. This, there's one goal in my heart to bring us to a place where we renounce our own ways. That's where we're going. So prepare your heart. That's where we're going. You have to renounce your ways if you want to walk in the excellent ways of God. When I gave my life to Jesus, I had to renounce traditional ways. There were ways that I used to walk in. They seemed right. They seemed right. I didn't see anything wrong with them. But when I discovered Jesus, I had to renounce those ways. There are things you are doing that seem right. Maybe even tradition told you it's okay. Maybe even your culture told you it's all right. Maybe even the rest of the world is doing it and you say, well, it's okay. But God says there's a more excellent way. There's a more excellent way. Listen to me. Hebrews chapter number 3 and verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness, where their fathers were tested and where their fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. What did they see? The works. For 40 years they saw the works. But listen to what, what he goes on to say. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said, they, they, they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. They know the acts for 40 years. That generation saw the works of God. 40 years of miracle signs and wonders in the wilderness. But they always went astray. Why? They didn't know the ways of God. You can see the works of God daily in your life. But if you don't know the ways of God, you will still go astray. And so God said, I was angry with that generation because after seeing my works for 40 years, they still went astray. Because they did not know my ways. And listen to what he then says. And so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. When you don't know the ways of God, you will not enter into his rest. What does that mean? Sounds scary. It just simply means if you're doing things your way, you're always going to be working hard to make them work. But if you do things God's way, God will make sure they work. The Bible says God watches over his word to perform it. So if God says that I am going to prosper you, you don't have to do anything. He will prosper you because he said it. He's watching his word. If you are walking in his ways, he's making sure that his word will come to pass. If you get married God's way, I promise you God will be always watching over your marriage to make sure that it works. Because you are walking in the ways of God. But if you get married your way, you better keep working hard. Don't rest one day. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing and keep doing it without rest. Because the day you rest, it won't work. I want to enter into the ways of God so that I can rest. I can rest. That God does it and I can 
rest. Do not harden your heart this morning. God wants you to know his ways. His grace is drawing you closer so that you can know his ways. What is God's way pertaining to marriage? What is God's way pertaining to your business? What is God's way pertaining to your family? There are many excellent ways in the scriptures. We'll talk about those another day. But today, you have to make up your mind. I'm done doing things my way. I'm done doing things the world's way. Because I want to enter into rest. I want my marriage to work. I want my family to work. I want my soul to be addressed. I want my relationships to be addressed. You see, if, if you're always having problems with your relationships, maybe you're not doing it God's way. God wants you to be addressed. Some of us don't even know what it means to have relationships that you don't have to do something for them to work. Promise you, I have, I, have, I have some friends that are in my inner circle that I can go for a year, two, without even doing anything, without seeing them, but we'll be good friends. Because our relationships are not built on works. It's not like, what, what are you doing for me? And yet there are some people, you don't see them for two days. Pastor, you haven't, you haven't greeted me for two weeks. I'm leaving the church. Hello? High maintenance people. The ways of God will secure you. They will secure you and they will give you rest. Real rest. It's not work. It's not hard work. It's rest. He is inviting you to enter into his rest. And I want to challenge you as we close this service that today may be the day that you say I want to enter into his rest. And the last scripture I'll read and we'll pray is Jeremiah 35 and verse 15. So he says, also I have sent to you my, all my servants, the prophets, sending them again and again, saying, turn now every man from his evil way and amend your deeds and do not go after other gods to worship them. Then you will dwell in the land which I give you, which, which I have given to you and to your forefathers but you have not inclined your ear or listened to me. Let that not be true of us, that God would send pastor after pastor, preacher after preacher, prophet after prophet, week after week we hear somebody standing up here preaching the word of God, and we refuse to hear the ways of God. This year you are going to be challenged to live according to the more excellent ways of God. We haven't even started talking about the more excellent ways. We're just talking about the ways of God. But they are more excellent ways. But if your mind is set on doing things your way, this year is going to be an offense. Every time you come to church, you're like, there he goes again. I don't want to do that. I don't want to live like that. But I'm hoping that as a church, we will come to a place this morning where we say, God, we want to live according to your ways. It might be a narrow path. It might even be a difficult path. But we want to walk it. And I promise you we will see God do amazing things in this church. Let's stand.
just for a moment. Just for a moment. I want you to ask yourself, are you walking in the ways of God? Are you walking in your own ways? Or are you walking in the ways of the world? You know your walk. I don't know where you are. I don't know, I don't know how you've been walking your life. I don't know how you've been walking your walk with Jesus. You know. He knows. You can fool everybody else, but you cannot fool him. He knows. And today he's calling you to walk the narrow path, to walk in his ways. For his ways are more excellent. But in order to walk the narrow path, in order to walk in his ways, you have to renounce your ways. And God sent me again, as he would send a prophet in the days of Jeremiah, and say again and again, I'm asking you to turn or to renounce your evil ways, to renounce your own ways. That word evil must not scare you. It's not, not everything that's evil is demonic. Evil is something that is not of God. So it might not be demonic in that sense where there's some weird things manifesting, but as long as it is not the way of God, it is not a good way. It's an evil way. How are you walking personally? How are you walking in your relationships? How are you walking with others? Is it in the ways of God or in your own ways? So Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to check our hearts.